Boom. Let's see if we can get Delu up here. Oh, I got in before Dustin. Dang. Oh, oh wow. No surprise, you beat him in a race. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, it looks like I get a uh, priority, so I'm happy with that. Hey, you re- you requested quickly, and you got in here. <laughs> Delu, you with us? What up? What up? What up? Long time no see. Yeah, dude. <laughs> tired, of, tired of hearing from me yet? Or was that like two hours ago? I'm just still trying to relax. Still trying to hydrate. Took, feel yeah, like I some of Florida shower. State's football players do right now, I think. Yeah. Probably need a banana them. or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got to say that's like my big first takeaway is that, uh, man, camp is going to be uh, – it's going to be quite a lot, uh, and it's going to be physically taxing, even on, on us media. So uh, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what those players were feeling like. We saw a bunch of guys dealing with that today. It did not look like fun. So I, I can't imagine what that's, that, that was like in that heat today. I do think it's got to be yeah. a little enjoyable, though. Whenever you do get a break, you walk over there to that shipping container or one of those one of those containers that's on the back of a semi and it's just a giant freezer and it's you and thirty other guys cramming yourselves in there for two or three minutes to get your body temperature down. So that's that was a pretty interesting addition. Yeah, I think that might have been the best addition I've ever seen FSU make, um, personally. Uh just gonna put that out there. Uh not like seriously though. Like, yeah, I think uh like Dustin, you were joking that you want to try and do a story on it, you know, just so we can get in there one day and, and cool <laughs> off ourselves. But no, I mean, it's got to be helping in that uh, July and August weather in Tallahassee. Yeah, it showed its true signs of what we're going to be dealing with, along with the players. They're in a way worse spot definitely once they put on pads here in a couple of days. I'll go ahead and kind of get us started here because I know it is dinner time. Um, but would just want to kind of throw in here too. We're hoping to do. A few of these spaces throughout camp. It's not going to be a day daily one. We're not going to do back to back to back, anything like that. Unless something major happens or it's just multiple players shown out, then yeah, we'll jump in here. But we'll probably do these once or twice a week, just because at a point you just kind of just over say things and the same thing over and over again. So just keeping that in mind. Also, we'll allow for some of the uh, some of y'all to hop in here too. Raise your hand. Um, after we kind of go through the main topics we'll talk about here in a minute, but raise your hand and feel free to come in and ask us questions. One a couple of things that we can do, we can't give depth ch- charts away, who's starting, who's running with the ones, twos, all that kind of stuff. So just kind of keep that in mind if you do have a question. And also we can't talk about injuries. So we can't really give full insight on Winston Wright Jr. You know, we can talk about if we saw him coming in and walking in, looked good, but can't go and deep dive into everybody that – might be injured or is limited to start off this camp. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're wanting to come up in here and ask some questions. But really excited to have Ben in here. He works with Tomahawk Nation over there under SB Nation's network. And obviously, D. Lou Dustin's up here with us, editor-in-chief at NoelGameDay.com under Sports Illustrated. So let's dive into it, guys. We've been looking forward to getting into the fall camp. I've I honestly, now being ahead of some of the other colleges across the country, we get a first early look at practices and like you like you guys said it's hot but um there's definitely some good things to take away we got to see Winston Wright Jr. walk in you know I'm sure a lot of y'all saw some pictures on Twitter but I think that was one of the big question marks what does Winston Wright Jr. look like and we got you know there's some pictures posted and you know I think still limited to start off this fall camp but good to a good sign to see and Ron Dugans talked about him yesterday saying you know he's catching balls he's able to uh, you know, work a little bit here and there. And I know, Ben, you said that you saw him catching kick return you saw today. So I saw him lining up for kick returns. I did not see him actually physically catch one. But, uh, you know, they, they started off practice with a bunch of the returners. They had Deuce Span back there, Trey Benson back there. Um, and I saw Winston Wright lining up as well. Gotcha. And I believe that was something Norvell noted in his presser. Uh, after practice yeah it was it definitely was but yeah you you start off there I mean let's jump into maybe some position groups maybe starting with the offensive line 
this group is a lot bigger than what it was maybe, you know, definitely last year, but you know, spring it was growing, but man, oh man, you've got newcomers, both transfer and freshmen who stood out to you guys the most, because one thing to take away, I think we'll all agree on is size difference. And Florida state has a big room with a quantity of guys, but also physically, these are some big boys now on the line that Coach Atkins is going to be able to work around with and put pieces where it needs to be. Yeah, you look at this group, especially the starting five and the, the eight, nine, ten guys that could contribute in 2022, and you're not going to be getting outsized in 2022 up front. These offensive linemen are going to be able to compete. And like you said, just the number of guys that are there. Uh, in the spring, you only had 13 scholarship offensive linemen Six then, two more transfers have come in through the door. You've gotten your four true freshmen that enrolled in the summer. Now you're up to 19 scholarship offensive linemen. So just watching them work today, it's a massive amount of bodies. you got three offensive line coaches watching all these guys go through reps because you just have to have a lot of eyes with how many bodies there are. I will say, you know, Robert Scott put on 19 pounds. I was reported in FSU's updated roster his weight, the weight gain looked pretty good. I, I didn't really see an addition of body fat on him. Looks like his frame is continuing to improve. Maurice Smith, I know he's up to two, 288 pounds apparently, but he still looks smaller along that offensive line group. And today was my first chance to get a look at Demetri Emanuel, the Charlotte grad transfer in person. And you can tell this is a guy who's been in a college strength and conditioning program for six years. He's very well put together and I think he can contribute for Florida State in that interior. Yeah, I think Emmanuel is one of those first guys that stands out. And um, I think, you know, like you said, Dustin, he looks like a offensive lineman. He looks like physically, you know, he's going to be ready for the season. Um, and I, I think, you know, just looking at the entire offensive line room, they've put themselves in a, a position where, you know, they're not going to be what they were last season. You know, they, they had so much bad luck go their way last season, and you can't really anticipate that. But I think even if, you know, they find themselves in a situation where they need to find that next guy in a pinch, you know, they're, they're going, you know, let's say it's like an LSU game, a Clemson game, um, you know, and they need to fill in a spot along that line. I don't think they're going to have trouble like they were having last season. So, I think Emmanuel was one of those guys who stood out to me really early on. Um, and then also in, in terms of, you know, physically, you mentioned a few guys, Dustin. One guy I, I thought was really interesting to see in person was Julian Armella. Um, he looks big. He looks like he's put on some weight. And I, I think he he looks even better than I thought he would um, going into camp. So I was really impressed uh, just with what he looked like. I, you know, we didn't get to see a lot of playing from him exactly but uh he looked fantastic yeah i was gonna say about armella the way that he showed up to camp is something that coach atkins was really excited to talk about with us during the luncheon yesterday saying you know and norbell saying whenever you have a recruit coming in and you kind of picture what you want that to look like julian armella has arrived in that state and looks really good i think they're going to continue to try to add on a little bit more size but he looks like a uh, looks like a a true top-tier offensive tackle coming out of, uh, you know, the recruiting front of a high school. So, um, you know, Atkins said to us, you know, Armella's competed. He's always been the top dog. He, you know, played for a really well-respected high school down there at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's always been a top dog. Now he's thrown into a room with guys that have had three, four years of experience there and expecting a lot out of him, too. I'm interested to see how he navigates and continues to grow in that space. But definitely more of a leader type. And not only him, you got to see Quashawn Sapp. You also got to see Ontavious Woody, too. And they got their first true taste of what it is like to be coached by Coach Atkins. And sometimes there's got to do some back-to-back reps here and there. But it's a true freshman group. And overall, the size between Turrentine coming in and Dimitri Emanuel, I mean, those are – large human beings <laughs> those are large guys so and like and like dustin said uh, robert scott putting on those pounds you don't really tell it with his movement which was a question mark i know that we were kind of concerned about he puts on that many pounds is he gonna be able to move fluidly can he move his hips he, he looked good in my opinion so that that offensive line is it's gonna be fun to cover more really in two days once they're able to put on the pads i don't really take too much away from it but just to get the size feeling 
uh, I think that's some a good upgrade right now heading into the fall. Yeah, and Scott will drop a few pounds during camp. And like you guys have said, Armella came into Florida State in fantastic shape. He's probably around 314 pounds right now. It's what the the roster has him at. But I think he can really – there's still room for that frame to be built up over the next couple of years in Florida State's strength and conditioning program. I think realistically he could add another 15 or, or 20 pounds before it's all said and done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he can – definitely put on even more weight. Um, and, and I think the thing that is really kind of stood out to me this offseason with the offensive line and especially seeing it all in person now is, you know, they they won't have to lean on the young guys like they, they did last year where they were in a pinch, you know, they, they needed to fill spots game to game. Um, you, you know, they were just dealing with so much that, you know, it was it was overwhelming last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw what happened, but I, I think they've, like I said earlier, they've positioned themselves really well. But then, you know, they're also protecting these young offensive linemen to where they don't have to play these players until they feel like they're ready. And I, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily true in the past. So I, I think you know this is a great group coming in, and th- they're also going to be able to protect these players, and they're not going to be put in a position where, you know, you, you put in guys too early and it has a negative impact. So I, I think, you know, for all the young guys coming in, they've they've put them in a real good position, and all those transfers that they have are, are really going to make the difference this year. For sure. And, yeah, I kind of see this as a little bit of a, a bridge year to, like you said, get build those younger players up. Um, you look at it, three of those, three of the four transfers they brought in are graduate transfers. So they'll be out the door in December or so, um, meeting starting next next year. Some of those younger guys, you know, Thomas Schrader, Zane Herring, the true all six true freshmen that we've been talking about, they're gonna be stepping into that rotation. Mm-hmm. I wanna mention real quick a few guys that have worked on their bodies since the spring, one of them being Dennis Briggs, who I was a little concerned after spring. He was limited throughout it, but being able to see him now trim up a little bit too, he looks more of a defensive end to me during the spring. He looked, you know, a little, add on some extra weight there, wasn't enjoying a good spring of maybe eating. And like I said, he's a little limited, but now seeing him, he looks like a true defensive end. And I was really excited for him before that COVID season. You know, he decided to opt out, take care of family. He comes back in really good shape. He's a guy that knows how to get back in shape and be football ready. So I was expecting that from a veteran guy. And he looked really good today, i got to be honest with you guys. I thought Briggs looked good. And then another guy, uh, DJ Lundy, has really trimmed up since this spring. I know, Ben, we got to see a lot of Lundy throughout. And I thought he looked like one of the top linebackers in coverage. But one of the things that was hurting him was not being fully conditioned, not being toned up and, you know, he kind of struggled in some ways just of keeping his, his condition and being able to play, you know, throughout uh, a lot of the drives. But now him trimming up and being able to see him toned, it's – I mean, he, I mean that's already a large human being. Before he looked more of a bowling ball, but now this is a jack dude, and he's definitely trimmed up quite a bit, which I think is huge for Florida State and where they've been really picked on before by multiple teams and coverage at the linebacker position. Yeah, I think they've positioned themselves really well at linebacker. And I I think, you know, we all knew going into the season that the defense and specifically the middle of this defense was going to be the strength of this team. And I I think that showed out today. You know, we saw those interior guys, waves after waves, um, just being, you know, they they were the penetration that they were getting um, was was impressive today. We saw it a little in spring, but. You know, I, I think what we saw today was it was reaffirmed. And obviously, like you said, Logan, we we want to see what that looks like, you know, when the pads come back on or come on and, you know, we're not in shells anymore and we'll get a better sense of that. But I think you just look across the middle of this defense, the interior, the defensive line, the linebackers, uh, those two safeties. That's going to be the strength of not only the defense, but just this team overall. And I, I think. You know, I was really impressed by that. And, and you mentioned DJ Lundy and, and his body. I think overall, um, most players showed up at, at the weights they needed to. They the guys showed up in shape. I, I, you know, I mean, you guys can point it out if, if I'm wrong, but I, I can't think of a single guy that showed up today and we were like, oh, wow. 
you know, they, they do not look right. I, I think a lot of guys showed up how they should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to m- mention, too, uh, one thing that I was keeping an eye on was Joshua Farmer because we saw the big-time bulk that Coach Storms and the strength and conditioning staff had put on him, and we saw him in the spring. And I think he wasn't really used to that weight and navigating with it with his body, and, and it showed. You know, we didn't see a lot of crazy flashes from him. But showing up now to at least it's only one day, and, you know, it's only pads, so we won't dive too crazy into it. But he definitely looks a little bit more better, toned up, trimmed up a little bit, because they did put him on a big-time bulk, and it shows. And he's got the power. You know, Coach Norbell says he's, he's, he's got the strength now navigating with that weight and maybe trimming off a little bit. And they will do that. I mean, you got, you got 20 practices in 25 days. Guys are going to lose weight no matter what. And that's only going to benefit, I think, Farmer, who is expected to have a pretty big role in that depth-wise for Florida State's interior defensive line this upcoming season. Yeah, really across that whole defensive line. I mean, you, you just realize how much depth there really is, especially on the interior. I mean, there's four guys there who – are bonafide starters. Um, you look at your first two guys and Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett. And I mean, the changes aren't significant in their bodies, but I do feel like they've added more muscle and they've also both came in in terrific shape, which means they might be able to play more snaps game to game, depending on how things are going into that rotation um, outside on the edge, Patrick Payton continuing to make that physical development and Jared verse. That guy just looks like a monster. And I think you've got to credit Derek McClendon for the work he's put in in the strength and conditioning program the last couple of years. He's made a lot of strides with his body, and he's primed to have a big year for Florida State this fall. Yeah, I, I think that defensive line, um, I, I mean, I think they're going to be fantastic this year. And, and specifically, you mentioned how they can have, you know, waves of guys. I, I think that's how they're going to be really successful this season, right? They're going to lean on Robert Cooper, Fabian Lovett, but they're going to use eight, nine, ten defensive linemen uh, consistently mm-hmm. on a game-to-game basis. And and I think they're just going to be able to get after teams and, and bring that pressure throughout the entire game. Um, and, you know, I know we saw maybe some of that, you know, prior, but I, this year specifically, they're going to be able to just use waves of guys. Um, and, and I'm most excited for that right now. Yeah, Pat Payne had a few plays back-to-back. And the run game defense holding off his side of the field. And that's someone who really started impressing in the spring and having those growth and strides. And the staff is looking at him to contribute this upcoming season. It definitely helps now having Dennis Briggs back fully, fully healthy and looking good and in, in shape. But, you know, they're, they're expecting quite a bit out of Pat Payton. He definitely can see the significant size change and he, he makes plays. We, you know, hearing things out of the second scrimmage, him, him making some sacks causing, you know, some havoc for Florida State's offense and having Pat Payne come in now, they're expecting a lot from him. So that defensive end group probably highlighted from McLendon and Jared verse. You you like what you see and you've got Briggs there too. Who's going to step up. It's you got, you got Payton too and Byron Turner. And I think burnt, I think Turner's too put on a little bit of size also. So you feel you're starting to feel a lot more comfortable than what you were before going in without grabbing uh, Jared verse out of that transfer portal. And then, you know, wondering if Pat Payton can make those strides. The defensive end room feels a little bit better after losing Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas to the NFL. Yeah. The production definitely won't be what it was in 2021, but I think you have enough guys spread throughout Um, to generate some consistency and I really do believe this unit will be playing its best as the season goes on and as Jared Verse, Derek McClendon, Pat Payton as those guys get more experience and playing time they're just going to get even better. Yeah I think they're going to get even better and then also you know you see other teams they might have injuries along the offensive line you know that's only going to benefit the the Seminoles and having those waves of guys Um, so I, I think that depth to me, that's going to be the key. Even a guy like Jared Jackson, you know, I think re- looks really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like you guys said, the production might not quite be there like it was last season because it was pretty ridiculous. But I, I, I think they'll be able to wreak havoc in, in, in that same sort of way. Um, so, yeah, I, I have really high expectations for that room. I'm going to jump to the defensive backfield real quick to kind of sum up the defense for the day. You had Kevin Knowles out there make a one-handed grab interception, which was in really great coverage, too, over there in a one-on-one drill. Um, and then you also had 
you know, Marion Cooper, who now really fully healthy, Coach Woodson excited talking about him yesterday at the lunch and now getting a full chance at a fall camp, getting ready for the season ahead. Really, really liking what you see from the Kevin Knowles and Marion Cooper after today. And you get to see some of the youngsters, too. And you get to see Azrae Thomas once again, along with Sam McCall. The, those two had their flashes left and right throughout the spring. But throughout the day, guys, keeping in, in good coverage. Uh, throughout, anybody stand out to you alone? Um, in terms of anyone specifically, um, I thought I thought Akeem Dent looked really, really good, and I, I'm pretty high on him. Anyways, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. But you know, he he, he just looks so big and, and rangy out there. I I think you know Jamie is is obviously the guy, right? I mean, ev- everyone knows that Jamie's the guy, but I think those two together are, are just going to be um, very, very, very good f- for this team. And I think also, you know, Kevin Knowles looked really good as well in that slot corner position. You know, we saw him at the end of last season um, switch over to that kind of the second half of the year. You know, you had Jamie as your nickel um, corner the first few games, and then once Knowles was uh, handed that job, uh, he was really successful. So I, I think that's going to continue. You can expect to see more of that. And you mentioned Amarion Cooper. He looked really good. I, I, I guess, you know, my question, if I have a question about this defensive backfield is, you know, who are those outside corners? How does that depth chart, you know, find, how, how do they figure out that depth chart? You know, uh, who, who are going to be those next guys up? And obviously we were able to see a little of that today and we can't quite say who or what or, or that kind of thing. But I think, Overall, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I'm just more questioning the depth, that outside corner. I, I want to see what the rest of these guys look like. Although you mentioned Azariah Thomas. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be really, really good. And I think he's going to be maybe the biggest impact freshman this season. Yeah, I think maybe the biggest thing that stood out to me was just the competitiveness within this unit from top to bottom. I remember during team drills, there was a play, um, Kevin Knowles gave up a two or three yard gain over the middle. And I mean, you know, it wasn't a bad play. The offense didn't get a first down because of the gain, but regardless, Kevin Knowles wasn't happy with himself. Um, and then later on you have Sam McCall come off the edge on a corner blitz. There's a running back open out in the flat and he goes vertical, deflects the pass, causes an incompletion. I believe a, a turnover, on downs potentially, but you know, we've seen it ever since um, McCall and Thomas got in the spring. Those two freshmen are bringing a really competitive edge, trying to push guys to get into that rotation and earn some snaps during their true freshman season. And even at the top now, you know, with Knowles, Cooper, Renardo green, some of those guys coming back, they have that gritty instinct where they're just getting after it every play. Um, You know, there was a – I don't remember who caught it, but someone caught a ball on the sideline where the defense was uh, and then went out of bounds, and he was running back over to the huddle, but the defensive backs on the sideline were running up and trying to punch the ball out of his hands. So I just think it shows they're trying to get under the offensive skin, the offensive player's skins. Um, they're really competitive, and they're trying to get after it. They showed it on day one. This is outside, just to, re- to finish off the defensive side. Someone that looked like – just ridiculous. Dustin, you've been able to see him at a few of the recruiting events and, you know, interviews and such once committing to Florida State. But Ayobami Tafase, man, uh, what in the living oh, – sorry for my language, but how can he look like that as a true freshman coming in? He's I, 17. How? How? How does that happen? <laughs> how does that happen? Uh, wearing number 55 took me a minute there. Uh, I didn't know who it was at first. He was down there and three-point stance right in front of Odell Higgins. And pretty quickly, you know, it's Odell. He called him out. And uh, as being a true freshman, there's some kinks that you're going to work out definitely in your first week of fall fall, pre- uh, fall camp. But, uh, you know, Odell has got to like what he can do with him and that size the next couple of years. I mean, that is a, an impressive human being. I mean, wow. And, and the pads aren't even on yet. Yeah. And he's going <laughs> to – He's going to spend the fall just practicing, you know, continuing to improve his body while he gets his academics in order. And I think he's primed to make an impact for Florida State in the future. You look at that interior defensive line, you know, you're really comfortable about what you've got going into the 2022 season. But even behind that, the next couple of years, I mean, that cupboard is stacked with talent. 
Let's uh, let's jump over to the offensive side of things. Let's start over there at quarterback. Uh, Jordan Travis, obviously solidified starter going into this, and I thought things looked smooth from him. Nothing too different than what we saw in the spring. A little bit more maybe size down below and and in the legs. I feel like he's got more of a stronger base there. And, you know, seeing him in team, it's one thing for him to hit different gears. I think he would go about 75% like he did today. But he just shows that when he can hit those top tier gears, it's 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 scary, and that's why defenses continue to say that. And coaches, uh, opponent coaches, are talk very highly of him because he is a really, really brutal threat for defenses. But anyways, he he looked good. Um, you had Tate Rodemaker out there also, along with AJ Duffy, Geno English. You you've got. You got your quarterbacks back. Um, what were y'all's thoughts? Any takeaways here? It is the first day, so nothing crazy is going to happen here because we can kind of mix this in with the wide receiver room. But any first takeaways from the quarterbacks just off first glance the first day? Yeah, I think with Jordan, you're right. He looked a lot stronger in his base. I think he put a little weight on his legs, um, and he looked just as fast as ever. I mean, we saw him running. You know, in a few plays where he was scrambling um, and, and would just outrun every single defender. And you're right. I mean, the way that other coordinators talk about him just dealing with him, he's he's just such a headache. He's he's kind of a athletic cheat code because, you know, if, if the first play isn't there, if the design play isn't there, well, Jordan can go and scramble and get a first down or, or a big chunk play or even run for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, I think he is just as impressive as ever, but I think as well with that uh, Seminole fans should be just as concerned about his health as ever, because, you know, and I, I know Dustin and I talked a little bit about this at some point, but really the difference between Florida state being a good team in the ACC, a, you know, middle pack team that's, that's fighting for important wins or the worst team in the conference is Jordan Travis. That's the difference. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I just think this team's put themselves in a position where they are so Jordan Travis dependent. You know, if if, if Jordan goes down at any point, um, I, I think it's going to be really, really ugly. So I, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I don't want people to get high expectations for anyone behind Jordan because even a guy like AJ Duffy is still really raw right now, um, and he's still working on a lot of things. Although I think his his body looks good, he, he looks like he's in a good place. He just He's, he's a young kid. He's a young quarterback. He, he has things he needs to get better at uh, before he's probably ready to see the field. So, yeah, I, I think the quarterback room is concerning. But, you know, we knew this going into this offseason, especially after they did not go after anyone in the transfer portal and didn't pursue that aggressively. Um, you know, this is what this staff is banking on this year. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, but in terms of the rest of the offense, you mentioned the wide receiver room, Logan. I, I thought there were some nice flashes today. You know, you, you saw some of that inconsistency, that rust, that kind of first day of practice, just getting back into the swing of things, um, struggles. But uh, you, you saw some playmakers make some plays out there. You know, I, I still think, to me, Malik McLean, maybe he didn't have the flashiest day in practice, but I, I just have such high expectations for him. I think you know, he has a lot of physical tools, and he was able to get that experience under his belt last season um, as well. You know, we saw guys like I, I thought Ja'Kai Douglas uh, had, had a nice day, and he's a guy I'm always pumping up, but I, I thought he had some some nice plays. Johnny Wilson showed some flashes um, as well. Um, I think Pokey Wilson was really good today, maybe the best receiver individually. But I, I think this receiver group is improved, but – I, I still think they have a long way to go. And, you know, I think there's some, some guys with potential. Obviously, you know, I think Winston Wright is the guy who kind of changes everything with the equation for this receiver room. Because if, you, if you're able to use Winston Wright and he, he's, he's what he was before, you know, at, at West Virginia, he, he looks anything close to that. Um, I think this is a really nice complimentary receiver room. I, I don't think, you know, they're going to blow it out of the water, but I, I think they'll be in a much better place than they were the last few years. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, game to game, I, I don't think, you know, we're going to look at the end of the season and be like, this player dominated at receiver for the Seminoles. In fact, I think the only guy who's probably capable of that is Winston Wright. But, 
I think we're going to see, you know, stretches where guys like Micah Pittman, uh, Malik McClain, uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, others, you know, just, just have nice kind of flash in the pans. A uh, few games in a row they're able to string together. Um, you know, I, I think this receiver room will be improved. I guess my question is just how much. But I, I think we, we saw some encouraging signs today. And, and, you know, as we settle more into camp, we'll get a better feel of that. Um, today was kind of a... I don't know, it's just a typical first day, you know, knocking some rust off. But I think Jordan looked really good in this receiver room is in a better place than they were. I think the surprise guy to me, I think Pokey was your top guy out of today. It's only one practice, yada, yada, yada. But Pokey by far had the best day overall, but a surprise guy. And I got to give him props. Do span. I think we talked about it yesterday, Ben. And I mean, no dust we talked about on the podcast. I don't think. All of us here are expecting a lot of him to come out and be a big-time production player for Florida State on offense, maybe more on the special teams. But hello. I mean, have a day. Had two really flash catches, one deep down, probably a 40-, 45-yard gain on a one-on-one that looked great. Coach Norvell absolutely loving what he saw from number five on offense. And then we go back to the IPF to go through, uh, go through team and or one-on-ones there, and he goes and grabs another – Really crazy. I had the catch of the day on the sideline there. One-handed grab right right in front of us. And it was easy to tell that he caught it because we were right there. Got the eyes on the ball. And he acrobatically grabs it with one hand, turns his shoulder, and is able to keep the ball on his chest uh, with his back on the ground on the sideline and keeps one foot in. That was really impressive from a guy that is probably, out of the whole entire roster, just a really crazy physical specimen. You know, you, you got to like what you can use him and utilize him in different ways. And Coach Norvell liked what he saw from uh, Deuce Span. Yeah, and the thing with Span is his best football is ahead of him. This is a guy who was playing quarterback, um, signed with Illinois as a quarterback, and just started playing wide receiver last year. So he's only going into his second year of playing it at the college level. Um, a lot to like with, you know, about the six foot four frame, four four speed got all the tools in the world it's just can he put it together um and like you said i don't know if it's going to be this year just because florida state they have some depth coming back a receiver they have some guys coming in that we expect to play roles winston wright as ben mentioned the wild card here who will probably if he is fully healthy and able to play for florida state be their number one wide receiver when he is able to do so so it was an up and down day i thought on day one there was a couple guys that struggled catching the ball Ontario Wilson really stood out to me, and that's a guy who's led Florida State in receiving the last two seasons, and he showed some of that consistency um, today on day one. So just want to see this group continue to progress over the next 19 practices. Yep. Running back room, get to see Trey Benson, Treshawn Ward, obviously. You've also got Toa Philly there, too, a whole group coming in healthy, which is the first great sign. Ben, I know that you're high on Trey Benson. You think that he's going to be Florida State starter heading into the season. I'm still stuck on Treshawn Ward being the starter, but I don't think it's much of a difference there in saying that both are going to be a tag team, one one two duo um, per se. From I think Florida State's mindset for Mike Norvell and what Coach Atkins and them want to do offensively, it seems like it's going to be a one two punch with with either Ward and Benson, Benson Ward, whatever you want to call it. But you know, seeing Benson in person too, once again. Hello, you know, Norvell talked about him today saying, you know, they had a nice chat and said they're going to challenge him into this camp. And I think that's just to compete and maybe take that starting spot from, I think, you know, Ward in the spring being the guy that the whole talk about him, the unhealthiness, all the kind of stuff with the injury going back into Oregon. That's all over. That's a wrap. That's officially done for. Now it's just about competing and now, now might take the starting spot to be Florida State starting running back in 2022. But uh, so far, so good. I, I, you know, Florida State's defensive line is going to get after it. I don't think they can really have any break open runs today. But just as first glance, what are y'all's thoughts in the running back room? Yeah, I think um, honestly, looking at the running back room, I think it's going to be very similar to what it was last season in terms of the actual um, split of carries. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking at the the stats from last year. Right now, you have Jay Sean Corbin with 140 attempts. Treshawn Ward with 80. So I, I don't know if it's going to be quite that big of a difference. It might be a little closer, but I still expect Trey Benson to get more carries than Treshawn Ward. But at the same time, I, I think this team, similar to how they've positioned themselves at wide receiver, 
they, they have guys with different skill sets who can do different things for, for different games and, and different matchups. So I, I think it's a little matchup dependent in a sense where they might lean on Trishon Ward more um, in certain matchups where they feel like, you know, his ability, um, you know, getting those grind out yards are going to be important. But Trey Benson, to me, he, he's going to be your big play guy. He, he's going to be your big chunk play guy you're, you're going to see him get a lot of tosses and, and you know he'll do a lot of the typical um mike norvell run scheme too but i think those outside tosses is where we're going to see him get a lot of big chunk yardage so i i expect trey benson to to kind of be that lead guy with Treshawn ward supporting him similar to how he supported um jay sean corbin last year but you know you look at the rest of the room too logan like you mentioned um this is a really Really deep running back room. I, I, I even really liked what I saw from Rodney Hill today. He had a few nice explosive plays. Um, of course, Toe Feely, I, I think, is going to be a, a big impact guy as well. So, yeah, I, I think this, this running back room is in a very good place. Um, and, I, you know, I expect Trey Benson to be that guy. But, again, uh, it's not so much of a one, you know, running back one, running back two. It's a one A, one B situation, um, and we, you know, we saw that last year too. So I think it's going to be similar to what we saw then. You know, sort of him filling that Corbin role. Yeah, I think you've got to be really comfortable with that running back room and where it stands right now. And I really agree with something you said. I, I truly believe this unit is going to be a, a it's going to be a by committee approach and certain guys are going to play better in certain matchups and certain guys are going to be utilized in certain situations, depending on the skill set that they have. Um, you know, Trey Benson, he's really a guy, you don't realize how big he is until you get up next to him. I think he's added a little bit of bulk and he's really made some strides. Uh, you can tell from that knee injury that everyone, they couldn't stop talking about it a couple of months ago. I think he had a sleeve on during the spring and you see him out there today no brace, no nothing on that knee. So I think it just shows how comfortable he is right now with where that recovery um, has been. And then going to Rodney Hill as well, whenever we spoke to David Johnson yesterday, he mentioned that Hill is now bulked up from, I believe, the high 170s to the low 190s ever since he arrived on campus in Tallahassee. So I paid a, a little bit of attention to him today. And the added weight has done nothing to his speed. And you look at him, he looks like he's already been in a college strength and conditioning program for two years, a very well put together running back for someone that's only been at Florida State since January. And he's just, he's got blazing speed. Um, Probably not going to play a significant role for FSU in 2022, but someone that's going to get involved over the next year or two and someone I think the fan base will eventually like a lot. Outside of really, you know, the running back room, we talked wide receiver, we talked quarterbacks. I know tight ends the one here that um, needs to have a big time jump, and definitely in production wise. But you know, still trying to find out who's going to be the next guy outside of Cam McDonald. You know, the veteran guy, the leader there, and who is it going to be? I know you saw we saw a little bit from Jackson West today too. You had Courtney also out there. You had Marcus and Douglas, but you know, and on Marcus and Douglas's side of things, you know. I just don't think he can play a full drive right now. I, I still think working on his body is going to be key. Jackson West, Courtney, just more experienced, man, and it's going to have to come down to more practice. This camp will be huge for both of them. Someone's got to step up and emerge. I know you've got Wyatt Rector, too. I think that's definitely tight end, too, next to Cam McDonald. But I think it's – I think Florida State's tight end room is going to suffer heading this season. I mean, you can't rely fully on Cam McDonald, who to me is more of a hybrid wide receiver tight end type of guy on the field. You've got to find somebody outside of him that can help. And losing Jordan Wilson or losing Jordan Wilson going into the season, you know, he was only one year guy transferred from UCLA. I, I, I'm I'm worried about this tight end room. You know, if I'm gonna have some question marks heading into the season, what can Florida State and Mike Norvell do to make this a better room? What can Coach Thomason do? Because I, I just don't see where you go into a game week, you go into face LSU and Florida State or LSU kind of just isn't going to be worried about that tight end, tight end room. It's not going to be a threat to any defenses heading into the season from what this room looks like to me right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think Wyatt Rector is that next guy after Cam, but 
it's again, you know, just one of those very underwhelming rooms. And to me, I, I and honestly, and I, I was kind of joking a little bit about it with Logan and Dustin at practice, but I, I think the next best option after those two guys might be Johnny Wilson as like an H back blocking sort of guy. So, um, yeah, I think it's very concerning where the tight end room is at and everyone's going to be focused with the passing game, you know, for that tight end room. They don't, you know, Cam McDonald's more of a receiving guy. Um, but like, like this, I don't know how they're going to deal with the run game from the tight end room's perspective. I, I think that's going to be a real, real weakness. And honestly, I, I think they're going to have to adjust their offense and, and what they do um, to scheme around that. The fact that they just don't have that as not even a strength or an average, you know, quality as as a, as in the run game, but it's it's below average. It's very below average. So I, I'm very concerned about the run blocking assignments from the tight ends. How how that's gonna figure itself out? You know, obviously you want them to get out there and, and catch some balls, but I, I think right now the coaches are probably most concerned with how they're gonna approach the running game. Yeah, and the, the loss of Jordan Wilson is, is going to end up being a very underrated one, I think. Uh, he was terrific for Florida State in that run-blocking game in short-yarded situations down around the, the goal line. And FSU also liked to utilize him in those situations off the play action. I know he didn't have a ton of receiving production, but still that was a way to get him involved. And now you're looking, like you guys said, behind Cam McDonald, there's just not a whole lot there. you got the two true freshmen, the other guys that have been here outside of that have combined for five catches for 63 yards so far in their respective college careers. Um, we're going to learn a lot about this unit over the next 19 practices. Uh, I'm interested to see if Preston Daniel right now, that looks like him, probably Marcus and Douglas and Jackson West are, are more of your blocking tight ends. So those are three guys I'm going to be watching in particular to see how they improve throughout camp. But, yeah, it's a little concerning. Uh, across the, the whole offense has, has really improved besides that tight end room. You know, we expect Jordan Travis to keep taking those steps. The running back room is coming along. The wide receiver room made those additions through the transfer portal. And you've got guys like Malik McLean. you think will continue to take steps towards improvement. And then the offensive line, I mean, same thing there. You've got experience coming back, talent coming in. But then the tight end room, it did not come along like uh, the rest of this offense and we'll see how it works out moving through camp. I want to give a couple chances here before we hop on here. If anybody has any questions about the day, like I said, we can't talk really depth charting, definitely not injuries on that side of things. But if you guys want to drop a, drop a hand in here, whatever it is, we're still kind of newbies of the whole spaces thing, but if you want to raise your hand, asked to speak definitely feel free to hop in here and ben and dustin or i will we'll jump in and give an answer the best that we can um because you know we got a, we got a long camp ahead 19 more practices ahead before florida state will go into game week prep against duquesne in week zero um just kind of you know going off the top of after today what are y'all looking for for the rest of the week you know they'll still go into shorts tomorrow you have the jerseys on but no pads what are you guys kind of looking forward to seeing heading into this the rest of the week because the guys will have a break um on sunday what are you going to kind of keep an eye on is there a position group a battle that you're looking at and you know we just talked about that tight end room someone's got to step up what are y'all looking at because this is just first day we're kind of just seeing the body changes see if good guys look healthy all that kind of stuff. But eventually it's going to come down to battle time, and there's a lot of them in a lot of different positions. Yeah, I, I think to me the two rooms that I'm really focused on um, and I'm going to be really curious about for the rest of this camp are going to be offensive line and wide receiver. You know, we, we saw so much go into those positions this offseason, you know, whether it was just, you know, in the incoming high school classes, but especially that transfer portal we saw all those instant impact potential players, um, especially along that offensive line, you know, I mentioned it earlier that they put themselves in a position where they won't be, you know, so dependent on, on one guy or, you know, one position to, to stand firm, you know, they, they can deal with injuries or um, whatever bad luck might come this season along the offensive line, you know? So I, I think 
they put themselves in a really good position for that. I want to see who ends up um, being the starting center for this team. I, I think there's two guys that are, are probably going to be in contention for that. So I, I want to see how that works itself out. Um, and, you know, I think at the wide receiver position, I I, w- I just want to see if a- any single player is going to really stand out. You know, I, I think, like you mentioned earlier, Logan, um, Winston Wright is kind of that ultimate wild card. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. You know, he's just, you know, you just can't predict what's going to be, um, what it's going to look like this season. But with the rest of the room, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for other guys to step in and, and fill in roles. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if any player is going to be super dominant by the end of the season. We're going to, you know, walk out of it and, and look beyond Winston Wright and say, oh, you know, this guy, this guy stood out. I, I think there's going to be a few guys. So I, I want to see the, who those guys are. Um, I know a lot of people are high on Micah Pittman, and, and I think he certainly has a very high floor, um, and I think he's going to be successful no matter what. But I think there's a few other guys, Malik McClain, Ja'Kai Douglas, I mentioned them earlier. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see what those two look like. So, yeah, I, I think those two rooms are the ones I'm paying attention to the most right now, and I just want to see you know, how things shake out for the rest of camp. Yeah, when the pads turn on, my attention will definitely turn to uh, the offensive line and the defensive ends. But right now, like you said, Ben, one one big one is that wide receiver room, just to see how the returning talent continues to develop and then also kind of meshes together with those four incoming wide receiver transfers. Uh, and just seeing how that, that depth chart kind of shakes itself out over the next couple of weeks, because it feels like there's six to nine wide receivers, really, that could end up playing a role in that rotation. And there's going to be some guys that were on this roster last year that are farther behind on the depth chart than, than they were a year ago. And that's just the way it goes throughout competition. So I want to see how it shakes itself out. We already talked about it, but the tight end room as well. I'm going to be watching those guys behind Cameron McDonald to see who keeps making incremental steps towards improvement. So I don't see any uh, question marks coming up. Hey, that's a good thing because I think really we'll have a lot more juicier things to talk about once the pads come on here in a couple of days, which um, that makes it a lot more exciting. That's way more way more fun to watch. Definitely when you've got Odell Higgins and Coach Atkins going at it and um, a, lot, a lot of good coaching coming out of those, those um, position groups. And so Florida State will have practice again tomorrow at 345. I highly suggest if you're not, make sure you're following Ben, Dustin, and if you want to, you can also follow me here on Twitter. We're going to give you guys live and full coverage of Florida State's fall camp going all through the next 19 practices. We'll also have coverage over there in Jacksonville when Florida State goes and practices for a couple of days at the UNF campus. So we're all over the place, so I highly suggest following Ben, Dustin, and I here if you want to keep up with coverage um, going into this 2022 football season, which is a major big one for Mike Norvell getting things settled. And I do think takeaways from the presser and today you see a lot more confident, uh, confident Mike Norvell. And you saw that begin in the spring and he ended it feeling really good. And now we'll see if this fall camp can only rise even more. So anything, any last notes from uh, you guys before we hop out of here and try to eat and hydrate and, probably shower another time (laughs) (laughs) well you know i i think i've been really encouraged from what we've seen from spring camp i think that carried over to the fall um you know but this is make it or or, or break it time for for mike norvell you know this is the year that's gonna matter and is gonna be defining and i know a lot of people have varying opinions on on mike and in the direction of this team but i i think you know this is the crucial year. This is when we're going to find out what the staff is really made of. Um, we're going to see Jordan Travis more comfortable. Um, and, and I have, I would say I have high expectations for the team in, in a sense, you know, I, I'm not going to predict them winning the ACC, but I think as long as Jordan Travis is healthy, he's, he's that guy. He's, he's fully, um, you know, he's healthy. He's comfortable. In this offense, um, and I expect him to be that. I, I think this team is going to be in a really good place this season, much better than they were last season. Um, and I think you know we're going to see some uh, good games from this team. I think it's going to be entertaining as well. So 
yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for the rest of the camp. Um, see how those two rooms that I mentioned earlier shake out. But yeah, I think this is uh, this is the year where we we find out what this team is really made of and what the direction of Florida State football is. Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I forgot while Ben was talking for that long. So, <laughs> wait, you're blaming Just Ben? Ready to do it again blaming, tomorrow. Sorry, you're blaming dude. Ben for that. Come on, you can't blame me for that. <laughs> Dustin's worn out. I've worn him out enough. I put him on too many assignments today. So. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we're going to do these just a few times. It's not going to be continuous every day. We'll do uh, spaces, but if definitely if something significantly happens or you've got guys showing out, then we'll hop on here if, if need be. But we're planning on doing at least one, one or two of these a week to kind of give you guys a good, nice look at what happened at the practice of that day. Uh, we'll say that Florida State will be going into morning practices, more starting in, in the later weeks, la- uh, next week, really. So We'll figure out a time frame for when we want to do these, but definitely appreciate everybody coming in here, hanging out with us. Make sure you guys go follow Ben and all of his work that they do over there at Tomahawk Nation, which is great. And we'll be, we'll be putting out a practice observations piece. Later this afternoon, we'll also be uploading this to our podcast called Hear the Spear. If you guys want to listen to our podcast, feel free uh, to go check that out on iTunes. Hear the Spear. This audio will be uploaded over there for you guys. So, yeah. That's going to wrap it up. Florida State has finished its first day of fall camp. We will be back out there tomorrow for a 345 start. Uh, see you on Twitter, and uh, appreciate everybody coming to hang out with us this evening. It was a pretty good time. Thank you, thank you, Ben and D-Lou. Yeah, of course. Of course, bring the suntan lotion tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the deodorant, the deodorant. Made yeah, I also deodorant. brought. A, I, I actually bought a water bottle uh, after I left practice today, like a <laughs> refillable one. So I'm prepared today. We, we didn't. We didn't have water available to us, uh, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't there a water fountain up there? Oh no, it was turned off. <laughs> so yeah, be prepared not, tomorrow. Yeah, not so bueno for ninety-five degree heat where it really feels like hundred and two. Maybe I'm glad you got the water bottle though. We're, we're heading in the right direction, Ben. So yeah, appreciate everybody. Y'all have a great day and a rest of y'all's evening. And we'll talk to you guys hopefully maybe later this week with another report. See you guys.